They say that war is hell, and it is hell, but most people have never been there. They haven't seen war. That's a good thing, and we want to keep it that way. But now that we're seeing what's happening in Ukraine so vividly, thanks to social media, which I basically don't like, but it's providing a real service. What's happening right now over there is an atrocity. Take a look. brutal. The only reaction really is to hate war when you see something like this. So many people, even our policymakers, they think war is is clean and precise. It is messy. It is ugly. Innocent people die. That's why you want to fight a war as the last possible resort. This was a war of choice for Vladimir Putin. And again, thanks to social media, we are seeing things almost in real time that we would not have seen without it. Most people can be pretty tolerant of violence if it's far away. It's an abstraction. Now that it's far away, but we're seeing it, it's, I think, changing world history. One of the reasons why the Ukrainians are doing so well, and Vladimir Putin, he may not survive all this, that's my hope, it's because of social media, the world's reaction, seeing it, you know, World War II, was it like that? No. Uh, you know, World War II was a just war, but, you know, that was a guy typing something in a ditch. You might see it in three weeks if we were lucky or another guy literally cutting a record. Uh, good luck hearing that um, within a month, maybe two of the actual combat. Things got a little bit more, a little bit more immediate. They still had to develop the film and fly it back to the United States. You're about to see uh, Morley Safer. Remember him? He became famous on 60 Minutes. Here he is in Vietnam. The war in Vietnam is all about. The old and the very young. The Marines have burned. Come this way, Khan. The people that are left. Today's operation is the frustration of Vietnam in miniature. There is little doubt that American firepower can win a military victory here. But to a Vietnamese peasant whose home is a means a lifetime of backbreaking labor, it will take more than presidential promises to convince him that we are on his side. Morley Safer, CBS News. The war in Vietnam is all about. All right, Morley Safer, CBS News. So there was a lot of spin in that. I mean, it's pretty vivid reporting. It's interesting, but it's spin, some of it. And there are only a few guys doing it. So they held immense power. And it stayed that way uh, for a while. Actually, let's take a look at the first Gulf War, CNN. Remember all their live coverage? But it was basically watching maps all night long. Three waves of aircraft here so far. And while we can't see uh, activity, we can hear bombs landing possibly to the uh, north of our hotel. And then things got much more interesting in 2003 for the invasion of Iraq. The embedded correspondent, and I was one of them. 
military vehicles. We've also seen a lot of civilian white pickup trucks come at us almost on suicide missions. Fire returned by Bradley fighting vehicles as well as tanks. This was wild. This was a thunder run into Baghdad. It was crazy. And then we did the same thing the next day. Uh, I was happy to be there up until we got to Baghdad. Anyway, um, but it was just me and a few others uh, who could do this, who had the live presence thanks to our networks. Now you don't need any of that stuff. You just need a bunch of cell phones and the images have been well, they've set the war on, they've set the world on fire. Take a look, it's all over the place, nonstop. Instagram has actually been uh, very, very powerful. People don't like what they are seeing and they hate Putin more than ever. And understandably, we're holding him responsible. And by the way, I think it really could. I'm no expert, I do have some knowledge, but I think this is all gonna fall in on Putin. Number one, he's overextended himself. The map, it looks impressive. He's coming in from all these directions, but that is very, very complicated and difficult to sustain. Maybe you've seen some of the long lines of tanks, columns of armored vehicles moving into Ukraine. Well, when they're miles and miles long, it's very tough to keep them supplied, to keep them fueled. You can't just pull over to a gas station. You, the Russian military in this case, have to keep them all supplied. It's very difficult. I think Vladimir Putin, um, he did kind of jump the shark. He is believing his own hype. You've seen the hype, so have I. All these headlines for years about what a master strategist Vladimir Putin is. Not too much though about what a brutal guy, what a killer he was. That was kind of brushed aside, but a quick reminder here, this guy had reporters killed. He actually had reporters killed, we believe. Also, his political rivals, critics, uh, they have been uh, poisoned, they've been shot, all kinds of horrible things. And I don't think he's paid attention to the stuff that he's supposed to pay attention to, especially as a guy who wants to invade countries. This plan of his looks like it's fundamentally flawed. You see signs of that. We talked about the overextension. We see tanks and artillery vehicles getting stuck in the mud. This should not be happening. Just a theory of mine, but I've been watching, we've all been watching Russia for a long time. You still see weird things that shouldn't be happening in a civilized country. All kinds of mysterious plane crashes. I have a theory that the Russian people, a lot of them are living a little bit too hard, drinking way too much. We all know that about the Russians. The average life expectancy for a man is just 66 years old, 10 years shorter than the lifespan of a woman. I think there's something there. We'll see when this is all over, and I hope it ends soon. They're meeting in Belarus, some of the uh, representatives. Could there be a peace deal? I hope so. Trump helped. Trump helped when he gave them or sold them all those Javelin missiles. You know what those are? Take a look. These are shoulder-fired, very easy-to-use uh, anti-tank missiles. They're extremely effective, and we've already seen them used in combat by the Ukrainians against the Russians. Take a look. That is a, a battlefield victory. And President Trump provided Javelin missiles, lethal aid during his administration. It's true. 
Uh, President Obama only gave blankets. Look at this. Uh, this was the policy under the Trump administration. By the way, Trump talked about this at CPAC this past weekend. If you didn't watch the speech, I suggest you watch it in its entirety. Some very good stuff there that the fake news is not going to show you. He was very clear about what is going on in Ukraine, a clear condemnation of the Russians and this horrible invasion. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. Did you hear that? He called it appalling. He called it an outrage. He called it an atrocity. That's not good enough for the fake news. All right, so 12 hours after this speech on Saturday night, it's time for the Sunday shows. And George Clintonopoulos, I think they still call him, uh, was talking to Tom Cotton. Half of the interview, he was trying to badger him about Trump and what he said. You've been stalwart in your opposition to Vladimir Putin. The same cannot be said for the leader of your party, Donald Trump. Uh, last night, he finally condemned the invasion, but he also repeated his praise of Putin, calling him smart. Earlier in the week, he called him pretty smart. He called him savvy. He says NATO and the U.S. are dumb. Are you prepared to condemn that kind of rhetoric from the leader of your party? Why can't you condemn Donald Trump for those comments? You're a senior member of the Republican Party. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. He said last night again, suggested that he would be running for president. When Fox News asked him if he had a message for Vladimir Putin, he said he has no message. Why can't you condemn that? I feel quite confident that if Donald, that if Barack Obama or Joe Biden said something like that, you'd be first in line to criticize him. President Trump was, former President Trump was out there talking about it last night. I simply don't understand why you can't condemn his praise of Vladimir Putin. Is George Stephanopoulos willing to condemn his own praise of Vladimir Putin and everybody else in the fake news for the past 20 years? Here are the headlines, all right? Headline after headline. He can still be a smart guy and be a brutal man who just committed an atrocity. It's okay. I just, I find that wild. Question after question after question. What do you think, huh? All right. Hey, red meat at this uh, CPAC speech. If President Trump talks about these issues in this manner, there's no way he can lose. Well, don't want to jinx it, but I think this is very effective. They indoctrinate your children to hate their parents while calling you a hateful racist. They stick the FBI on mothers at school board meetings while they teach four-year-olds to pick their own genders. Would you like to change your gender? And they say it's absolutely fine for a boy or man to participate in women's sports. I don't think so. Who's going to argue with that? Whoever does argue with that is going to lose the election. Here's more. Now we know that crooked Hillary not only spied on my campaign, she spied on the White House. Do you remember when I said years ago, I think they spied on my campaign, 
And everybody said on the other side, how dare he say that? How dare he? Well, it turned out to be true. And I want to thank John Durham for figuring that out. He was right, huh? And uh, the fake news never acknowledged their mistake. Let's wrap this up with, I think, possibly the most powerful and optimistic moment for me. The radical left is trying to replace American democracy with woke tyranny. They want to do the same thing to America that Trudeau has been doing to Canada, and much, much worse. Our mission in 2022 and in 2024 is to take on this radical and power-hungry ruling class and to deliver them an electoral defeat so resounding that they are exiled into political oblivion, never, ever to return again. I love it. Political oblivion. I love the way that sounds. By the way, it looked like Joe Biden is already in political oblivion as he returned from Delaware. Take a look. There was something very odd about his lonely walk from the helicopter to the White House. Uh, the mask, uh, something weird about his legs people noticed. What's happening there? And what the heck is he actually doing in Delaware? We'll be right back. Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more and start listening today. All, All I can, can say, say is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't. And this, this will take your breath away, actually. How inconsistent, how fake the fake news can be. Now, first, this is, this is real. This is, this is real news here, or real analysis. You're about to see a clip from David Martin, the CBS Pentagon correspondent on one of the Sunday shows yesterday. You know, uh, Putin has put his forces, the nuclear forces, on alert. I mean, that's not good, probably not necessary. It's definitely not necessary. It's crazy. Anyway, here's the CBS News Pentagon guy's analysis. He started before the invasion uh, threatening. He, he said anybody who tries to interfere will suffer consequences like they've never seen before in history. If just one low-yield nuclear weapon goes off, even if he just does a demonstration shot out in Siberia, that's just no experience for, for what happens next. Yeah, that could change the world, right? Putin, he's had nuclear weapons, he might use them. Wow, this same guy, less than two months ago on the same show, said this about the threat America faced. It wasn't from Putin, it wasn't from nuclear weapons, it was from Trump supporters. 
when you look at what's happening right now and the folks you talked to at the Pentagon, do they believe the biggest national security threat is internal or external? Internal, no they question. No, military people will, will say that to you. The biggest threat to the United States of America is a reincarnation of January 6th. I find it hard to believe that a general did that. Uh, if one of the woke generals did that, and maybe it did happen, uh, he should have laughed and gotten out of the office, all right? If you live in the real world. And this should be a massive reality check, not only for him, but for any of his sources. We have real threats, real things we gotta worry about and prepare for, not more talk about January 6th. And the Central Intelligence Agency might wanna use this as a wake-up moment as well. The Central Intelligence Agency, we rely on these guys, right? They gotta tell us what's gonna happen before it happens. They've gotten a lot wrong for a long time, and that's gonna continue if you check out their recent recruitment plan, these are the kinds of folks they want working for the CIA. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me. Full stop. Full stop. Get her out of the CIA. I don't want anybody in there with an anxiety disorder. Sounds like she's got a massive chip on her shoulder. Who cares about all that stuff? Are you good at your job? We do not have time. We don't have the luxury of all these silly games. That should be so apparent right now. And, uh, oh, one other thing. You know, Fox News has lost Chris Wallace. Well, it looks like Jennifer Griffin wants to be the new Chris Wallace. Yes, yeah, she's the in-house liberal. Uh, to the delight of the fake news, she's correcting everybody at Fox. They're writing big stories about her. Jennifer Griffin is the in-house fact checker. Uh, Jennifer Griffin scores again. When she does stuff like this, the fake news goes wild. She's not fact checking, actually. She's injecting her own opinion. And she's kind of rude about it, too. When you say we saw this coming, they saw this coming, I'm just wondering why that was still the only strategy deployed. Well, Jennifer, Harris, let me, let me, let me, I need to follow up on that. Because what you're talking about, if it's more than sanctions, you're talking about sending U.S. troops to Ukraine. If you had put those NATO troops into position before Putin crossed into Ukraine, you would have given him a pretext to go into Ukraine. This has been very calibrated because of the concern that Putin was looking for a pretext to go in. Well, that's her analysis. If she wants to spin for the Biden administration, that's fine. Quit and go join the Biden administration. They might even love to have you. I hear Jen Psaki is leaving. Pretext. It could also be a deterrent. And this is what they're praising her for. I got, quite frankly, a bit of a grudge because she came out and confirmed that phony baloney story about Trump that came out uh, in the fall of 2020. Remember that lie that he had dissed uh, war dead and veterans? I didn't believe it. I know it didn't happen. She jumped on television to confirm the story. You can't have a story that close to the campaign with no names associated with it. Nobody willing to go on the record that it happened because it didn't happen. All right. Also this. Oh, one more thing at CPAC. Tulsi Gabbard showed up. You wouldn't expect it, right? Democrat 
she was awesome. And we may disagree about lots of issues, but she's all for civil liberties and a gov- against government overreach. But the Homeland Security Department did in elevating the terror threat level, uh, citing that folks who possibly don't agree with him as the reason. Here's how Tulsi put it. If you go on DHS.gov, you'll find Biden's Department of Homeland Security summarizes the three factors that led them to declare that we are in a heightened state of a domestic terrorism threat. The first of those three factors is, quote, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives, which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Basically, what they're telling us is you are an enemy of the state if you dare to oppose or even question the president, his administration, or his policies. Shut up, step back, fall in line, or we're coming after you. She's right. That is a totally reasonable read of this bulletin. And let's take a look, please. It says the proliferation of false or misleading narratives, which so discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Number one, it's okay to not have total trust in government institutions. That is okay, a-okay. And oh, by the way, who's gonna determine what's false and what's misleading? Do we have a ministry of truth? I think they want one. I think that would be very, very dangerous. If I have concerns about the constitutionality of certain votes that were cast in Pennsylvania in 2020, or maybe you have concerns about the COVID vaccine or masking, that is should be okay in America. All right, one more thing. CNN has a guy who's not crazy, at least one, he's not crazy. A couple of years ago, they did a report, and others did it as well, that Russia was stirring racial strife in this country to tear us all apart, promoting Black Lives Matter, promoting racial discord. This new CNN reporting by Dylan Byers and Donnie O'Sullivan exposed a troubling development in the Russian metal, namely social media manipulation. The article under this headline, fake black activist accounts linked to Russian government, reveals that a social media campaign calling itself Blacktivist and linked to the Russian government used both Facebook and Twitter in an apparent attempt to amplify racial tensions during the U.S. presidential election. The bogus Facebook account had 360,000 likes. That's more than the verified Black Lives Matter Facebook page. It worked. And it went on from there. Take a look at some of the tweets, by the way. I mean, really dirty, nasty stuff. And uh, Atlantic Magazine also did a story on this, uh, confirming much the same, the history of Russian involvement in America's race wars. Inside, it says, uh, yeah, targeted Ferguson in Baltimore, groups like Black Lives Matter. And it looks like they had their apotheosis, if that's the right word, in the summer of 2020. Want to say this about the... Bill Barr, I kind of liked him, but now I'm not so sure. Looks like he's a swamp guy. Look, he was born in New York City and he spent his entire professional life in Washington, D.C. He's a swamp guy. He has a book. Of course, he has a book. He worked for Trump. One damn thing after another, the memoirs of Attorney General Barr. And here are some quotes, and uh, they're unfortunate. The election was not stolen. Trump lost it. 
Uh, we have serious questions about that, sir. The absurd lengths to which he took his stolen election claim led to the rioting on Capitol Hill. That That is that is absurd, by the way, that statement. Um, there is this that I liked. I concluded the handling of the Flynn matter, remember General Flynn, by the FBI had been an abuse of power that no responsible AG could let stand. Um, here's the thing about Bill Barr. I think he got nervous. I think he got scared. And also Trump probably yelled at him one too many times, and he can do that. But this guy knew that the other side, they were playing all kinds of games with the election. Here he is just a few months before uh, election day. So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud. But so far, we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us... Did. Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, this is like playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. I think he was afraid of, of more riots, of a civil war. I guess I can understand that, but I don't approve of, I think he might have just buried his head in the sand. I think he might be a captive of his staff or his former staff. I mean, this is a guy who knows how bad Democrats can play. So you're not, you're not suggesting, though, that spying occurred? I don't, uh, well... Uh... I guess you could, I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. <laughs> spying occurred, you're playing with fire, the memoirs come out and everything's fine. Here's what I think happened. I think Trump probably humiliated him in a meeting. I love Trump, but I hear reports that he can be very tough on people in front of other people. I hope in term two, and I hope there's a term two, he learns you gotta praise in public, and reprimand or chide in private. That's what they tell you in the military, and it's a pretty good rule of thumb for anybody who has any kind of leadership or administrator. I don't care if one person works for you, that's a good rule of thumb, or a million. When we come back, it's about time we go to the moon. We haven't been there in 50 years, but NASA has a big, big restriction about who's gonna go there. We'll be right back. Or some of the others like it to Houston. We'd like to share a piece of this rock. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer and Company's your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know. Same rock type. We're looking at the late Gene Cernan and Harrison Jack Schmidt walk around on the moon in Apollo 17 50 years ago this coming December. 50 years ago. That's the last manned mission to the moon, and it happened a half century ago. We should have been back a long time ago. I'm very excited that we are going back. It's going to happen probably in a couple of years. 
the Artemis program, Artemis, the sister of Apollo, is uh, in full swing, and they're very, very serious about it. You can follow their progress uh, at the NASA website and other places, but one thing that's a little bit disappointing to me, they're so clear about this, with Artemis missions, NASA will land the first woman and first person of color on the moon. I was kind of excited about a human being, an American human being going back to the moon. They are making such a big deal out of the ethnicity and gender of the astronaut. And by the way, um, you know, there aren't that many astronauts. Uh, you gotta have a backup crew. I, I, I just hope they're not judging people based on things they can't control. You know what I mean? Nobody should be judged on that anymore. So good luck. I can't wait until it actually happens. Here in New York City, more heartbreaking crime. This is Dr. Nina Rothschild. She was on her way home from work the other night, bashed in the head by a career criminal mugger. Look at it. She's in the red jacket, and this guy's pummeling her. Horrible. She's still in the hospital. Fractured skull and other injuries. Uh, we are seeing so much of this. And in the meantime, we have a mayor who is totally checked out. He doesn't know anything. Uh, all he really knows is how to look great in a suit. And sometimes he even overdoes it with that. Uh, too much, don't you think? Too much. I mean, he's cool. That's the message. Uh, when he was essentially the mayor-elect, when he had this election basically locked up, he went to Africa. He went on vacation. He didn't take his job seriously and he's still not taking it seriously. This is one of the guys who is really promoting Black Lives Matter and all that nonsense. And you know that left a real mark on cops, on people. The needle has moved. This was celebrated and applauded by big league politicians like Joe Biden. And now cops, cops are left with the, uh, well, the aftermath. And, and so are regular people like Dr. Rothschild. But Eric Adams, no ideas, but he's got great clothes, all right? I will give him that. Uh, out of the parts of the country, you have seen uh, drugstores and other outlets provide plastic guards at the drugstore to prevent shoplifting. They used to do this for razor blades. Now they do it for candy. I mean, it's crazy. After Black Lives Matter and COVID, this is how we live now. But these plastic barriers aren't stopping everybody. Take a look at this in San Francisco. A couple of fellas uh, take their time and finally crack open a case or two. And people, well, this kind of scene doesn't generate outrage. It certainly doesn't get the security guards to do anything. Uh, take a look. This is new and this is very, very bad. And the implications of this kind of behavior that is essentially tolerated, we have no idea. We have no idea what the long-term ramifications will be. Take a look at this in Seattle. Uh, you know, I've seen homeless people. I've seen drug use in public, but I've never seen anything quite like this. Now, I thought it was a movie. 
it's not. This is this is downtown Seattle. Take a look. Carefully, you'll see people uh, injecting drugs, smoking what we believe is crack, and you name it. And a lot of businesses are closed, shut down. They can't they can't contend with this. The McDonald's at the corner is totally, totally out of commission. The long-term ramifications, we have no idea. All right, stay with us. Uh, we'll hear from a Ukrainian lawmaker live overseas, and also Trayvon Martin, 10 years later, still living with the lies of that case. Be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. And, um, you know, I think they are right to expect that all of us as Americans uh, are going to take this with the seriousness it deserves and that we're going to get to the bottom of exactly what happened. Remember this? President Obama weighing in. It was wildly inappropriate for him to do so on the Trayvon Martin case. Uh, Trayvon Martin was um, was killed by George Zimmerman, but a jury found him not guilty. It was self-defense. So much about this case uh, we have been told a lot of lies, a lot of lies. And our next guest has uncovered a lot of truth. His name is Joel Gilbert. He's a documentary filmmaker, investigative journalist. And uh, we're talking about this because, well, a good chunk of the fake news is it happened 10 years ago. And Joel, more than almost anybody in the country, I think you've figured out this case for what it is. First of all, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Hey, great to be here. Thanks, Greg. So, Joe, could you do us a favor? Explain where President Obama was politically and why Black Lives Matter was born and how it helped him. What was going on and why was well, this such a, an interesting moment? Well, it was an election year and uh, the economy was in the tank. Unemployment was very high. Uh, black voters had felt that Obama did nothing for them. Illegals were coming in, driving down wages. Uh, violence was raging in the inner cities. And it was clear to the black community that uh, Obama's agenda was the far left liberal agenda and uh, nothing to do with assisting with inner city issues. So they were looking desperately in an election year for some kind of issue to galvanize the black community around to to vote for Obama. And they very cynically uh, took advantage of this case involving uh, Al Sharpton in it. The FBI got in on it because they got this tape of this girl named Diamond Eugene, who was Trayvon's girlfriend, that spoke to uh, Benjamin Crump, and they didn't do any kind of voice analysis. So Obama politically was looking for something to help get black voters back on board. He always had a problem with black voters. They'd never considered him to be black. They considered him to be a pretender. Uh, way back when he ran for Senate, when he ran in 2008, he always had to prove himself. And in office, he did nothing for the black community. So that's what this was about. Obama jumped on board, and we've had what I call a decade of deceit, 10 years of race hoaxes. And this was kind of the mother yeah. of all race hoaxes, where they did a bait and switch. They, I showed in my film, The Trayvon Hoax, they switched 
the real girlfriend who was on the phone with Trayvon, 16-year-old Brittany Diamond Eugene, with Rachel Gentel, an 18-year-old girl who pretended to be on the phone with him, and that was the only reason Zimmerman was arrested, yeah. and the rest is history. All right. So um, I want to emphasize, though, Black Lives Matter as an organization, they cite the Trayvon Martin case as Correct. why they came to be. And you're Correct. saying, and you make a pretty compelling case in the film, that this was very much in cahoots with uh, Obama, forces loyal to Obama, Democrats. They needed this issue. They needed something for black people to get excited about. Well, to get them ag aggravated and agitated. And Black Lives Matter was founded. It still is. If you look on their website, it has nothing to do with helping black Americans. It's all a radical agenda to overthrow the free market system, uh, transgenderism, uh, creating black villages, all this crazy late 1960s weather underground crap that uh, everyone laughed at years ago. They resurrected it under the guise of a civil rights organization. So they used the this term Black Lives Matter. We all agree Black Lives Matter, uh, but most people don't realize it's a far left radical group sure. that doesn't really care much about inner city violence uh, or anything else unless there's a rush to judgment because a black person was was killed, maybe resisting arrest. By the way, you mentioned uh, Obama. They didn't view him as black enough. And that may sound Correct. pretty harsh from the outside. But Obama himself has written about this and the skepticism that black voters had toward him for just that very uh, observation that some of them had. Hey, do we have I would like to run the trailer for your movie and then we're going to have to say goodbye again. A lot of folks are revisiting Trayvon Martin 10 years later. If they really want the facts, they should read your book and watch your movie. Take a look. The shooting death of Trayvon Martin was ground zero for racial division in America. Trayvon Martin was killed for wearing a hoodie, uh, quite frankly. I decided to produce a film on how the case affects American politics to this day. I used forensic handwriting analysis and even DNA to confirm what I had uncovered. That Diamond was switched for a fake witness in a murder trial in the most stunning hoax in American judicial history, a hoax whose consequences have been tragic beyond anyone's imagination. And this was made just before 2020, and we know what's happened since. Folks can go to the TrayvonHoax.com, the TrayvonHoax.com. Uh, a lot of folks talking about this now. Again, the 10-year anniversary. Joel Gilbert, we appreciate it. We got to go, but uh, come you. back soon. Thank you. Okay. We'll be, Thank you. you. We'll be right back. With faith in each other, anything is possible. So say it with me. See, say, Broadway. The future is ours. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't speak Spanish, but I know that's not Spanish. That's Dr. Jill Biden. What a piece of work she is. Very unique uh, person. So she put out a tweet about, uh, well, we're all watching what's going on in Ukraine, right? And, uh, okay, I imagine many of us are feeling the weight of what is happening in Ukraine over recent days. In this difficult time, there are no easy answers that may cause a feeling of uncertainty. It is okay to ask for help. If you or a loved one are looking for someone to talk to, I encourage you to turn to mentalhealth.gov, mentalhealth.gov. So, um, not that I'm feeling 
look, I, I'm surviving, I'm fine, but I was curious what this would lead to. So I gave it a call, and this is what happens. One moment. You have reached the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, also servicing the Veterans Crisis Line. If All right. You are in so uh, I feel like this is a bit of a government overreaction. Are there people who are suicidal because of the news in Ukraine in the United States? I don't think so. I just a wild hunch. But anyway, <sighs> suicide is a horrible thing. And I'm glad the suicide hotline exists. Uh, by the way, hate to bring this up, but January 6th, you know, they said all those cops uh, from January 6th, they killed themselves because of January 6th. I've heard that a lot. You have too. Two of the officers who defended our nation's capital on January 6th had died by suicide. A D.C. police officer who responded to the January 6th uh, insurrection at the Capitol has now uh, died by suicide. That is the third officer to die by suicide since the attack. Two more law enforcement officers who responded to the January 6th riot have taken their own lives. Well, the thing is, they don't know that. They just don't know if it's job related. That's a big stretch. And they're taking it for political reasons, of course, to make January 6th seem worse than it already was. So. Here's something, a suicide, and we hate suicide, get help if you're, but a guy named Matthew Perna, he was a January 6th demonstrator. He didn't hurt anybody, he didn't break anything, yet he was facing more and more federal charges. His friends say that it just broke him, it broke his heart. And uh, late last month, or late, I'm sorry, I think it was February 25th, he took his life. Very sad, very sad. This, I do believe, is a genuine additional casualty of January 6th. We'll be right back. Or the land of the free and the home of the Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow, State of the Union. See you then. Thank you.